Radiotopia. Welcome to the Kitchen Sisters present PRX. We're the Kitchen Sisters, Davia Nelson and Nikki Silva. Hey there, I'm so excited to tell you about Radiotopia's newest show, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. Kenji and Deb are two of the best home cooks alive. J. Kenji Lopez-Alt of The Food Lab and The Walk, and Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen. Two of my go-tos to make sure I'm getting the perfect recipe for everything from meatballs to muffins. They're pros who obsess over techniques and essential ingredients, so you learn everything you need to create your perfect recipe. You can finally be excited to eat what you make, and maybe even impress your friends and family. Help us welcome the newest show to the Radiotopia family. Find The Recipe with Kenji and Deb on your favorite podcast platform starting February 26th. The Kitchen Sisters Present is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Somewhere in the world, a Tupperware party is held every 10 seconds. Come on! I'm Lucky Laurel, and I'm your Tupperware dealer. She's Lucky Laurel, and I'm Joyful Joan. That's Lucky Laurel. Perky I think Priscilla. some people are just Tupperware people. Do you know what I mean? I'm an addict. A Tupperware addict. I'm ordering much more than I need, and I can't stop myself. It's part of my upbringing, part of my heritage. Today on Fugitive Waves, deconstructing Tupperware. And the latest on the plastic bowl from Tupperware historian Alison Clark. Earl Tupper, the inventor of the plastic object, was basically, I would say, quite simply, was a misogynist. He was terrified by women, and he came to see Brownie Wise as a threat he sacked Brownie Wise, and the grounds that he used for this were that he had seen that she had used a Tupperware bowl to feed her dog. Today on Fugitive Waves, one of the first stories Davy and I ever did together. Our friend Kirsten was hosting a Tupperware party. Now this was 1980. Santa Cruz, a stronghold of the women's movement, and you just didn't get invited to that many Tupperware parties back then. So we decided to take our new cassette recorder and go. Somewhere in the world, a Tupperware party is held every 10 seconds. Come on! I'm Lucky Laurel, and I'm your Tupperware dealer. She's Lucky Laurel, and I'm Joyful Joan. That's Lucky Laurel. I think some people are just Tupperware people. Do you know what I mean? I'm an addict, a Tupperware addict. I'm ordering much more than I need, and I can't stop myself. It's part of my upbringing, part of my heritage. Don't tell me. Loony Lisa. And this is a pocket comb, or you can massage your scalp, or scrub your vegetables, or pet your cat. Please use it for only one of those following things. This might be a fact that you don't know. You do not burp square containers. Only round seals do you burp. This is called the scrape them all. This is probably my seventh or eighth Tupperware party. And at every Tupperware party, you feel like you need to buy one thing for the hostess. So here I am buying a Shapo. I think it takes a lot of courage to have a Tupperware party. As long as it hasn't, you know, been abused, the Tupperware. I've got Tupperware that I've had for 30 years, I guess, and most of it's good yet. 
My mother always used Tupperware, and I remember after every holiday, like at Passover, Rosh Hashanah, all the leftover simis and gefilte fish went into the Tupperware containers. These are our ultra-clear counterparts. When President Reagan was in the hospital, he had a container full of uh, jelly beans, and that was a Tupperware counterpart that was given to them by Justin Dart. You know, Dart Industries and Kraft and Tupperware are all one big family now. Did you know that? So uh, they came out with our new uh, butter and cheese keeper. Justin Dart, he's a very special man. He was instrumental in Ronald Reagan's drive for governor, and he um, had a significant part to play in, in his presidential bid also. Any hors d'oeuvre, and you can lay toothpicks on the side here to use to serve. You can always tell a Tupperware lady. We start our rallies with the songs, and it really brightens up your Monday mornings. It just brightens your spirits, and you're set for the week. Even a brand new dealer, she might be some person that's been out of the job market for a while, and and family and husband kind of take advantage of her, and she'll come into rally, and everybody makes her feel really special because she had a good week. Here's Sherry. <laughs> we had a new house and a new baby and a lot of bills. And I needed a job that I could be home, you know, with the children, but could out and make some money too, and this seemed ideal for me. We came to the country 14 years ago because we knew it was the land of opportunity. Tupperware really showed us it was. Tomorrow's my 12th year in Tupperware. I used to be a deputy sheriff. I had done that for 10 years. After six months, I quit that security job I had, and then three months later, I became a manager. And I love it. What do you like about it? The money. <laughs> I love the positive input instead of the negativeness that I used to have in law enforcement. Five, five, three. Is your husband nine. at all involved with this? Very much so. He does all my ordering. He does all my postcards. My son now bags my Tupperware. Most of my friends had just sat back and just waited for me to fail. And he was doing that at first because he just didn't see any future in this. Now you should talk to him. If I quit, he wouldn't be too happy. <laughs> it's really a, an advantage to have a husband that's involved. I don't have that <laughs> privilege. My husband just laughs and says, oh, another plastic bowl party. There are so many more women in the business than there are men. But when they come in, if they do well, they go to the top. They will move faster than a woman does. My wife and I, we've been running the business for two and a half years now, and we're going to sell a million and a quarter this year, which is not too bad for mom and pop business. Is there a Tupperware union? No. Uh -uh. It's an opportunity company. Anybody's welcome to, to join to be a Tupperware dealer. Tupperware treats you so well, you wouldn't have anything to, to bargain for. And what are the fringe benefits of Tupperware? Your buying power to buy Tupperware, the gifts that you earned. Uh, the last contest that we have, I earned a American and Martinsville sofa. I've earned an organ and microwave. I've won a trip. I've gotten a brass bed. And of course, I guess you know Tupperware gives us cars, too. I've won a $900 set of Norotaki China. Diamond and Ramwood ring from Tupperware. Crystal dinner bell. My station wagon. I mean, I have a brand new station wagon. Just about Little feminine things that women love. twice a year you go to conventions. You can walk into the auditorium the first day and you can cut the excitement with a knife. That's called Jubilee. One is in Utah and the other is in the world headquarters in Orlando, Florida. It's like a rally which lasted for two and a half hours tonight here. It goes on for three days. There were 700 Tupperware ladies in the room and they brought out the food and there's no salt and pepper on the table. Well, pretty soon somebody's up at the podium and says, oh my goodness, we forgot the salt and pepper shakers. And then they 
blow the trumpets and everything, and they drop the screen down. They show our new salt and pepper shaker. They really keep us entertained. This year, the, it was called the Big Country Jubilee, and everybody dressed in, you know, like hee-haw, and a one-hole distributorship went as Dolly Parton's. I've got the topper feeling up in my head, up in my head. If you're the type of person that likes to sit at an airport and watch people, this is a job for you. Why am I retiring from Tupperware? You have to drag this Tupperware out of your house every night, right? Into the car and into somebody else's house. And it's a real chore. It changed my life. It gives me a leftover mentality. Actually, most people are potential Tupperware dealers. They really are. Down in my toes, down in my toes. I got that Tupperware feeling. Down in my toes, down in my toes to We were radio greenhorns when we produced this story. We were doing a weekly show on KUSP, a little non-commercial station in Santa Cruz, and at night, Davy and I would moonlight in the production studio when no one was around, teaching ourselves to splice reel-to-reel tape with a razor blade and then tape it back together to edit the massive oral histories we'd been gathering, which we quickly realized no one wanted to hear in their entirety. We'd recently purchased a brand new Sony TCDM5 cassette recorder, and the Tupperware party was a chance to try it out. We were just learning how to do this. It was awkward. The two of us, Davia with the mic, kneeling at the foot of the Tupperware lady as she launched into an icebreaker. Come on! I'm Lucky Laurel. I'm your Tupperware dealer. Davia's come She's crawling from one woman to the next. And I had these enormous headphones on, and I was kind of tethered to the machine and monitoring the rising levels and all these twisted chords. And the party game was kind of getting out of control. The next day, we listened back to the tape, and there was definitely room for improvement. I mean, the mic handling noise and the distorted levels. This might be a fact that you don't know. You do not burp square containers. But we really liked the energy of it. The sound had this power to, like Sam Phillips says, make you see it, smell it, taste it. So we decided we might have more control of this situation if we threw our own Tupperware party. We had it at the commune where I live, which at that point was just a tiny shack, not even a complete two-by-four in the whole place with a fireplace that doubled as an indoor waterfall when it rained. We invited lots of friends, including Francis, our 85-year-old neighbor, who'd experienced a lifetime of Tupperware. I've got Tupperware that I've had for 30 years, I guess, and most of it's good yet. This time in recording, we were much more methodical. We did it from all vantage points, kind of long shots, medium shots, close-ups, like making a movie. And we set the group up in a way that we could more easily make our way around the outside of the circle, reaching over people's shoulders and miking from behind. When our Tupperware lady told us that she went to sales rallies once a month in Salinas, we jumped at the chance. You could we got there, and it was a, like a revival meeting. Singing, speeches, testimonials. Davy and I buoyed each other, urged each other on, dared each other into action. Sometimes it's hard to keep your nerve and energy up when you're in the field alone. Working as a duo helped, and it was fun. But in the end, we had acres of tape, way too much tape. We spent days and hours and weeks going through the material, selecting out the tiniest bits. And so there we were in the studio with two reel-to-reel tape recorders and two cassette machines, 
playing simultaneously, recording onto a fifth machine. We were trying to mix the whole piece in one take. All hell was breaking loose. I've won a trip. I've gotten a brass bed. The climax of the piece, the Tupperware medley, we call it, was a complete accident. All the tape machines were going at once, all turned up to equal volume. My station wagon, I mean, I have a brand new station wagon. Just about Little feminine things that women love. We just looked at each other and laughed. That was it. The clutter of plastic bowls, crowded living room parties, packed sales rallies. It took us maybe 50 attempts to get it, but once we heard that cascade of voices we created by mistake on take 47 or whatever it was, we were sold. It changed my life. It gives me a leftover mentality. Actually, most people are potential Tupperware dealers. They really are. Okay, you say, but what's going on in Tupperware today? That was eons ago. Well, it's still a jungle of bowls out there. When we originally did this story, somewhere in the world, there was a Tupperware party happening every 10 seconds. Today, it's every 1.4 seconds. Producer Brandy Howell brings us this Tupperware update. The Wonder Bowl is the purest expression of form follows function. If you hold it in both hands and hold it up to the light, it has this beautiful kind of opaqueness. As early as 1954, it appeared in House Beautiful magazine, described as fine art for 39 cents. It's easy to sneer at that. It's like it's a plastic bowl. But there is actually something quite exquisite about it, I think. It's just so simple and beautiful. I'm Alison Clark, author of Tupperware, The Promise of Plastic in 1950s America, and professor of design history and theory at the University of Applied Arts, Vienna, Austria. The picture you are about to see is the story of a dynamic part of a remarkable new industry. It is the story of Tupperware. As early as uh, 1949, when Earl Tupper first invented Tupperware, he was trying to create it as a branded utility item. And He envisaged it being the Coca-Cola of household goods. When Mr. Tupper first started selling his Tupperware, it was offered in stores, not just through the home party business. And it was Brownie Wise who convinced him that the future of Tupperware was in home parties. I'm Lynn Burkhart, and I am a Tupperware consultant. Finally, one year, the home parties were selling so much that his factories weren't able to keep up with the demand. And she said, you need to... Stop selling in stores and focus only on the home party. And when he did that, sales just took off. Now let's go to a little town in New Jersey where things are really popping. Yes, there's a party going on at Mrs. Betty Martin's house. It's a Tupperware party, and it's really fun. The Tupperware party involved women gathering in homes together, playing games, looking at product brochures, and the hostess would demonstrate Tupperware products to the gathered crowd. You put the seal on tight. In an era when many women became isolated, they were moving into new suburbs, expanding housing. And so suddenly they had a reason and excuse to get to know people. And certainly in the 60s, when the Tupperware party came to Britain, it was a time of enormous social isolation for women that were trapped at home with children. And the Tupperware party was an excuse to meet people that you wouldn't normally meet. During the 60s, there was a lot of feminist discourse around Tupperware parties. And there was a particular article that even talked about using a Tupperware party to radicalise women. 
that if instead of buying plastic products and talking about saving leftovers, that perhaps the Tupperware party could be used as a way of raising political consciousness. It was definitely a sort of phenomenon that on the one hand seems incredibly conservative because all of the literature and images we see of Tupperware are of white women with nuclear families. But the truth of the Tupperware story is much more complex and much more indicative of the complexity of American women's lives in the 1950s. Unfortunately for Brownie Wise, the fact that she had this feminine strand of power that really was her downfall because Earl Tupper, the inventor of the plastic object, was basically, I would say, quite simply was a misogynist. He was terrified by women. He came to see Brownie Wise as a threat rather than an asset to the company. And so by the late 1950s, He sacked Brownie Wise and the grounds that he used for this were that he had seen that she had used a Tupperware bowl to feed her dog. A family of Tupperware distributors, managers and dealers participate in activities such as Jubilee, a unique sales convention held in the United States each year. At Jubilee, top salespeople gather for classes, recognition and fun. All of the groups come together twice a month, and, and it really expands and opens up areas where people who might not be able to get out of the house and meet people, they suddenly have friends and people they can interact with and feel themselves really empowered in ways that they might not have before, you know, just sitting behind a desk somewhere. The traditional Tupperware party is the backbone of your business because that's where that's where you meet people. The home party plan is what works. And nowadays, too, with the internet and social media, it's just just taken off for some people. Today, Tupperware is a worldwide organization responsible for the introduction of plastic food storage containers to millions of housewives in many countries throughout the world. Modern cultures, those ties no longer exist in the way they did in the 1950s. Nobody's got time to have a Tupperware party, or very few people have, those networks just don't exist in the same way, whereas new communities do, sort of Latin America or when the Eastern Europe opened up, they were fantastically fertile markets for Tupperware. They had lots of groups of women that wanted to take part in Tupperware parties because it was modern and it was somehow very Western and quite glamorous, as it would have been in the 1950s. My mama done told me. Gee, that's good. <laughs> when I was in pigtails, my mama done told me, she told me, hun, we're having a party. A Tupperware party. If you'd like to find out more about the Kitchen Sisters and help support Fugitive Waves, the stories that we do for NPR, and our internship program, visit our website, kitchensisters.org. Take a look at our T-shirt while you're up there, too. Fugitive Waves is produced by the Kitchen Sisters with Nathan Dalton and Brandy Howe. You can follow us on Twitter at Kitchen Sisters or share your photos on Instagram. Fugitive Waves is part of Radiotopia from PRX, a collective of the best story-driven, creative, cutting-edge radio shows on Earth.
Radiotopia is made possible with support from the Knight Foundation and MailChimp, who celebrate creativity, chaos, and teamwork. If you'd like to become a sponsor of Fugitive Waves or other shows like it, email sponsor at prx.org. And don't forget to subscribe to Fugitive Waves, stories from the flip side of history. I love it. It's an election year, have you noticed? But does it feel like our democracy is running smoothly? Does it feel like our leaders are responsive to our needs? If you don't think so, you're not alone. So the question is, how can we start to fix it? Luckily, there are things we can do right now to get us back on track. This podcast is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition, a group of shows, hosts, and networks who are banding together to try and make things better. We're partnering with Represent Us, the largest grassroots organization working city by city and state by state to pass laws that protect democracy and improve it. We need a system that works for the American people, not just special interests. And you can do your part. Go to represent.us slash podcast. That's represent.us slash podcast to join the movement today. Radiotopia.